My name is Matt Brown. Let's go. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front. Receiver in motion. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught. Touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties. Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. The great Kevin Harlan right there. And let's start the show. How about that D, baby? What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And we have a very, very special productive conversation for you. No, we are not doing a Valentine's Day themed show. We are wrapping up the NFL season on this program, and we are about to recap Super Bowl 58, where the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 25 to 22. Before we get into this, and before we talk about the Super Bowl and a lot of other good things that are going on, and put a cap and conclude the NFL season for all of us. I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. Exit Twitter at ProCobblePod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So here we are. The NFL season is over. The 2023 NFL season came to an end on Sunday amongst a very good Super Bowl. It really was. I want to say it was a classic, but the first half was boring, and then the second half had plenty of action for everybody to enjoy. And ultimately, I thought the game was pretty entertaining. I would say it's in a, you know, they have the S tier, the A tier, the B tier, C tier, D and F tier that you've seen people make ranking lists online for or pictures. I think this is a solid B. You know, you have to take into account the uh, second ever overtime Super Bowl. There were a few pretty incredible plays. And obviously, another legendary performance which sealed the dynasty for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And ultimately, Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl MVP. And was there any doubt, really a doubt? Was there ever a doubt? And I will get deeper to the game with the great Kevin Schaefer shortly. But ultimately, the Super Bowl was a good one. You know, we'll talk about the pop culture aspect on t- on Friday's tweet cap, but I will say the other, the halftime show was pretty good, pretty good commercials as well, and then uh, plenty of Taylor Swift. But yeah, I, I I said it in the predictions: the Chiefs will cover plus two and a half. That's exactly what they did. If you bet. Minus two and a half for San Francisco, you are pretty frustrated. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, again, I will get deeper into it. I do think if you're a 49ers fan, you are absolutely heartbroken. You're gutted. You're disgusted. You are annoyed. And you just feel like Kyle Shanahan cannot win the big game. Similarly to the Chiefs coach and Andy Reid, he had the very same reputation. And ultimately, he is now immortalized as one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time with a third Super Bowl victory. Kelsey stepped up in the second half. That was a big factor. Mahomes used his legs like I said he would. Brock Purdy didn't. Brock Purdy really didn't utilize his weapons as you probably hoped for, with the exception of Christian McCaffrey. Debo had a light game. Ayuk had a light game. George Kittle had a really light game. It it, it stunk. It must stunk on all if you're a 49ers fan, but the defense on both sides kept him in it. And then the whole confusion regarding the overtime rules was obviously a big factor in determining who won this game, if not the biggest factor. And yeah, here we are again. 
Kansas City is your champion, and rightfully so. They have had probably one of the most impressive roads to a Super Bowl ever. You beat the number one seed in the AFC. You beat Buffalo at home. You beat a Miami team who was no easy chicken in the freezing cold. And then you beat the one seed in the NFC, and there's a reason why they're a champion. Even if you are not the very best team on paper, you win. The winners win, and there's clearly a difference between winning and being the best, because you could definitely be the best and still lose. So, shouts to Kansas City winning. I did want San Francisco to win, but I went with my head this time, and I made the right pick. In fact, the last few picks against the spread for me in all these playoff games wound up coming true. I got the AFC and NFC Championship correctly against the spread. I hit the Super Bowl against the spread correctly. I'd have to look back, but I'm pretty sure I killed it during the divisional round. I know I didn't hit the spread for the Chiefs and Bills, but um, after I saw that win specifically, clearly I uh, learned my lesson and never vote against Patrick Mahomes. And I never will. Never will again. Because he somehow was able to will this team to victory. And that's why he is an all-time great moving forward. And we should just enjoy what we have going. Because, you know, this won't last forever. I mean, well, honestly, maybe it will, honestly. Like the, the Patriots did. And I wasn't as mad at the Patriot dynasty because my dad was such a Tom Brady fan. And any time I could see my dad happy, I'll take it. So I didn't have as much resentment to the Patriots organization and that dynasty compared to um, compared to, you know, what it is now. And people hated on Kansas City and they will forever be the villain of the NFL, if you will. And now it seems a lot of people are focusing on them trying to three-peat, which has never been done in the Super Bowl era. There have been a few people who've gone, a few teams that have gone back to back. Obviously, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Broncos, now the Kansas City Chiefs, and they'll see if they can be the first ever three-peat team, and I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, make your future bets now that they will win next year in New Orleans, Super Bowl 59, and get a three-peat. And they'll just continue to win and win and win and everything works out. But I'm not as angry or upset as maybe some other people about this Kansas City victory. I've just learned to accept it. What else am I going to do besides being a true hater? I mean, I'm just going to turn to an incel at that point. And that's the origin story of a superhero, a supervillain. So kudos, hats off. Seriously, and well, you made me look good hitting this against the spread, so I'll give the Chiefs credit there. And why don't we now just switch it over to the great Kevin Schaefer and let him and I speak on this Super Bowl and let us reflect on what happened in what ultimately was a very good game. So here we go. This is me and Kevin Schaefer reacting and recapping to Super Bowl 58 and Kansas City winning their third Super Bowl in four seasons. All right, let's do this. Me and Kevin, let's talk Super Bowl 58 and let's make a reaction. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. That's all, folks. The 2023 NFL season is officially done. And your champion of the National Football League is the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 58 was this past Sunday, and the Kansas City Chiefs took down the San Francisco 49ers in overtime by a score of 25-22. to The Chiefs have officially declared a dynasty here in the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid era. The 49ers lose another heartbreaker in the Kyle Shanahan era. And we continue this great story at this league. This was the 104th season of the NFL. We're already looking forward to season one. Sorry, to week one of next season. But until then, let's recap this game. Let's talk about what we saw. And then, yeah, that's it. Then we're back at it in a couple months with the draft. So great. Kevin Schaefer is with me. What's up, Kevin? How's it going, Matt? 
Great to see you. Looking awesome as always. <laughs> so let's get to it, Kevin. Right here, off the bat, tell me your initial thoughts of Super Bowl 58. First hour of the game was unbearable. I mean, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but just did not did not have the atmosphere of a Super Bowl. Uh, was not a fan of the halftime show. No. Uh, I mean, in like 2015, that would have been the coolest halftime show I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. In uh, in 2024, it was a lot of an old man dancing around the stage. So it, was, <laughs> it got kind of weird at points there. Um, the second half was electric. One of the better second halves we've seen in the Super Bowl in a very long time. Uh, and it was fantastic. And then obviously the, the overtime rules confused everyone, including the 49ers players. Yeah. And we'll get into how that might have been the fatal mistake, but I feel the same way as you. It was clearly a tale of two halves. Ultimately, it did end it did end in a very exciting manner. But as you also mentioned, the overtime rules were confusing for everybody. But ultimately, I want to say fifty Super Bowl fifty eight was a classic per se, but I do think it was put everything together, I'll put it in a very good category. Like, you know how they do the online rankings, S tier, A tier, B tier. I would have to give it I'd give it a B tier. It is the second overtime. There were some vacuum plays, um, but I'll give it a B tier. Um, If you say like, you know, like Super Bowl, if we go like, I don't know, the last S tier off the top of my head, um, we'll go with the Rate, we'll go with the Seahawks and Patriots. That's an S tier. Yeah. And an A tier would be in recent times. Um, uh, if we say an A tier Super Bowl would be even last year's Eagles and Chiefs game, with the exception of the yeah. holding call on Bradbury. If that's an A tier, this is a B tier because it was an overtime game, as mentioned, and, and it went down to the wire. And that's, not, that's all you can ask for. I mean, it didn't even feel like an overtime game, though, was was the craziest True. thing. I mean, but I I think that's partially due to the, the overtime rules. Yeah, and, you know, everybody, obviously this was a reactionary rule as a result of the divisional game between Buffalo and KC. You know what happens. Josh Allen doesn't even get the ball. Huge what if. But still trying to figure out what makes the most sense. It doesn't really seem – it seems everybody compares these rules to the – college football one and um so in that sense you don't really need a clock per se it's all based on possessions and when we get to the 49ers aspect of it we could talk about again probably the fatal mistake of giving kc the ball first well well, i mean oh sorry sorry giving yeah giving themselves the ball first and kc the ball second I was super confused actually in our group chat today when I, you know, I said, how come no one's talking about Andy Reid's decision to not call a timeout there and just keep playing through? I had no clue that if the clock ran out, they would just start another 15 minute period. Yeah, exactly. And then they would just call it overtime too. And I would guess. And, and then if you want to get people upset with the script, because the C, I believe the head of CBS Sports Programming actually said yeah. they're getting a two overtime Super Bowl, and that literally went down to the last second. But I guess maybe Andy Reid himself too was confused by it. You know, obviously we'll give them the week to celebrate, and maybe he'll admit it um, later on. But um, especially as free agency begins. But um, I guess it was just just strange. Some things are just don't are just too strange to break down. Well, I, I think this Super Bowl and the ending specifically puts away any real idea that there's script writers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because think- there's no there's no way if there's a script writer in the NFL that they didn't end on a Travis Kelsey walk-off touchdown. Oh, my God. They were about to do that at the end of the fourth quarter. He threw to him and just missed on, on um, Burks, who replaced Greenlaw. And, like, I was like, wow. That really was about to happen. And then you could see in the McCall Hardman play that he only had one person contesting him, but hence the double coverage allowed Hardman to get open. Yeah. And well, we know what happened there. <clears throat> and yeah, that 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 you hit it on the tail perfect. If Travis Kelsey was the one to get the Super Bowl winning touchdown, then don't believe anything anymore. Matrix yeah. is real. 
we're all red pilling it. And um, well, did you did you see Joe Biden's tweet? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> if everybody reference, he uh, off top of my head, he's like, you know, just as we scripted, I think he was the literal words. Yeah. Just and as we he, planned it. It's like, oh my god. That's a whole other story. We have plenty of election coverage to discuss throughout the year. But, um, you know, your grandpa joke wasn't funny, Mr. Joe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why don't we now? This is a good time to focus on the Kansas City aspect of this win. And we both could call the Chiefs winning. I will say it did hit the spread, but um, um, you were very close to going either way. Um but about Casey actually winning it. So from what we saw in this game, do you feel, what do you think was the key component for Casey to take down San Francisco? I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when it came down to it, and I mean, Purdy was phenomenal. Anyone who says that, you know, let's stop the Purdy talk now that he lost. I mean, he got them to a Super Bowl. He Mm -hmm. drove them down in overtime. You know, he did everything right. Pat Mahomes just got in the end zone, and he did. That's the only difference. And then it's also, again, that goes to the overtime rules. But I I think for the the Chiefs specifically, their their motto the next five, ten years would just be, Try and beat us. Come beat us. We're, we're the cream of the crop, no matter if we have a rookie wide receiver one mm-hmm. or Travis Kelsey's 50, we're still going to be the team to beat. And I think that's how they have to look at it, the way those Patriots teams did. You know, with the Patriot way, we're the team that, you know, the AFC runs through us, the AFC West runs through us. And if, if you want to change that, come beat us. Yeah, dude, especially with this team on paper and how they were playing like the Chiefs of all the 2023 Chiefs, the 2023 Chiefs offensively (laughs) all year long with sloppy play. um, Kelsey having a he he especially was the story of the two. And yet they still won. And you have. And yeah, I I think it's fair to say whether you are you want to make a huge essay on the Chiefs winning what they win or they simply say they would because of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, this this clearly proved it. And whether it was with his legs, 66 yards rushing, over 300 yards in the air in a Super Bowl, I mean, there you go. And there's a reason why he won his third Super Bowl MVP. I mean, everyone said all year, this was the year to dethrone the Chiefs. That if you're going to do it, there's going to be a year that you're going to do it. And yet they had to play three AFC juggernauts. To yeah. get to the champ, to, to get to the Super Bowl, they had to play Miami, who was no slouch all year. You know, put up seventy-two on Denver. They had to play Buffalo, who everyone says is you know the other real contender in the AFC. And then they had to play the number one seed in in, in um, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep, and and then, and then they played the team that arguably everyone considered the best team in the NFL all year. Yeah, Denver in all in all twenty of their games. This was the year. If this was the year to beat them. I does anyone beat them in the next five years? You know, are they are they going to string together eight eight in a row? I don't think so, because that's it's, almost impossible in the NFL. But but I mean, it almost feels like they can. It almost feels like they can win eight in a row. Like that's yeah. a scary thought. And as you mentioned too, just to add on to your point, which is an excellent one, it's the fact that they beat another one seed as well, and they're the four seed. Yeah, and they just win. And the biggest aspect is. The Kansas City defense, you know, gives Spagnola the credit, arguably the best defensive coordinator ever. I mean, not only um, his defense beat the undefeated Patriots and now led it to this way. I mean, not a lot of coordinators are, I don't think anyone's actually inducted as a coordinator in the Hall of Fame, but maybe they'll make an exception because he really clearly changed his whole league. With, with I believe he's the only coordinator to ever win four Super Bowls. There you As go. A coordinator. And in both conferences, too, that's saying yeah. something. And I think it's obvious to say this shows it's okay if you're better suited as a coordinator. I believe Spags, I know he was an interim coach for the Giants, but um, 
I don't know if he was ever a head coach, but um, regardless, though, he's probably the young son hero for keeping this stellar 49ers defense down. And he was able to get the weapon. Proudy Purdy did play a good game, but you wanted him to play better in that. For instance, Greg George Kittle was missing. That was very yeah. surprising. Only two catches on four targets. Brandon Ayuk, I think, only had around 30 yards. Debo did get hurt, but he was the only other better factor. And then keeping McCaffrey to just an okay game at 80, and yeah. he, combined, he was the only factor in that, and that's all on the defense there. Well, I, I Sauce Gardner actually said uh, a couple hours ago on Twitter, he said Trent McDuffie should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, McDuffie just absolutely shut down Debo, Kittle yeah. and Ayuk, whenever he, whenever one of them lined up in the slot, they were, you, you couldn't throw to them. I mean, they were completely covered, just shut down the slot all game. Yeah. And it was just him, too, as you mentioned. Um, and, you know, the Washington standout turning into some special player. I believe he's an all pro this year. Yes, yeah, he is. This is the year. There you go. Already two, t- two, all right, two Super Bowls under his belt. First ever slot, uh, first ever slot corner all pros. The first year they've had slot corner as a as an all yeah. pro position. Makes sense. He was the biggest, the biggest reason why they won, especially on defense, as you said. And and then I guess this is a good transition for talking about the 49ers, And I think there's a little more to talk about there. <laughs> But they were able to contain the Chiefs on on defense for a little bit. But I don't know. I, I when the killer here was Dre Greenlaw tearing his Achilles running out on the field. Yeah. I mean that's just that's just bad I mean, luck, man. That's so sad to see. I mean, yeah. you never want to see that happen. Uh, an injury, just walking on the field is is horrible. And in the Super Bowl, you know you're biggest game of your life and you go to step on the field near Achilles rupture. So that's just, I mean, you can't imagine what's going through his head now. Yeah. they must've killed the vibe, even though the, as I said, the foreigners kept it in it, but um, that was a huge miss. As I mentioned, his his replacement in coverage was targeted nine times, gave up nine receptions for, I think it was like 130 yards and almost Mm -hmm. a perfect passer rating. You see, see what a difference one player makes, and um, it's it is just too bad, heartbreaking as you as you will. Now, as you mentioned, if you watch the game, you notice it was pretty much Christian McCaffrey, and even him. It's it's hard to say with a combined. I want to say 120 yards off the top of my head, rushing and receiving. But he was, regardless, using just the eye test, he was the only one who really made the big moves. And yeah. then coming into the second half with a slim 10-3 lead, and I think the thing that one of the strategies you have to play against the defense is anything, is making sure you have the time and possession and make sure Mahomes doesn't get on the field some reason Shanahan wasn't rushing him more, him yeah. or Elijah Mitchell more. I think that was a critical mistake, having McCaffrey not pretty much, pretty much not run in the second half. Even though it would have been boring to watch, maybe you know a football fan like us wouldn't appreciate yeah. that. That must have been. I think that was a huge mistake on Shanahan's part. Do you? Yeah. I mean, all year long you've been a team that's been able to line up and cram it down people's throat because I mean, McCaffrey's never been a back that's going to get you four or five on every carry, Mm -hmm. but every once in a while, he's going to break one for 40. Give him the ball. You're already up seven. I mean, I know, you know, you don't want to, you know, have the lions or or that game again, where you let up off on the gas and let them come back. You know, you don't want to play it safe like that, but give the ball, put the ball in the hands of your best player and let him rumble and bring you home a Super Bowl. And they just didn't. What is it, Spank, with already now in this modern era, when you have a true number one running back taking over the game, I just don't know why they these coaches are facilitating them in the biggest game. I mean, I kept thinking about Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl we just mentioned, um, and obviously not having him run in for the touchdown. And... Record it didn't come down to a final play like that on offense for San Francisco. It's just like it's like you know, you feel for these running backs. 
they get abused the most and they fight to get paid. And when you need them the most, it's like these coaches are all colluding against them to not give them their big moment. I mean, I, I get it, but if you're going to trust anyone, and the, the thing I do understand, and, and as being a football player growing up, mm-hmm. if you're going to trust anyone with the game on the line, close game, you're going to trust your quarterback with the ball. And that's all it is. I mean, that that's the only reason. It's that There's no vendetta against running backs. It's game on the line, Super Bowl, we're up seven, you know, a uh, there's only 15, 20 minutes left in the in the in actual in-play game time. You're going to put the hand, the ball in the hand of your quarterback and let him try and make you a play to win the game. Amen and to that. Just, I agree. That's just what it is. I definitely support that. Um, and if anything also with the San Francisco side, you can now at least have Brock Purdy get a little more respect to get them in there. And if a yeah. few plays went the other way, Brock Purdy would be a Super Bowl champion now. Uh, this isn't Rex Grossman getting Chicago to a Super Bowl. This is a legitimate quarterback who should be the number one in San Francisco for the next 10 years. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, again, who's to say if, if you you know those overtime rules well and you go out there and you kick the ball first that Brock Purdy doesn't lead that game-winning touchdown drive? Right. I mean, it it just kind of comes down to who got the short end of the stick on there. And I mean, Purdy still drove them down the field. Mahomes had to go for it. I think it was twice on on fourth down on his yeah, final there was drive. A, yeah, there was a fourth and one that put the side off. Just things went a little differently. And Purdy never got the chance to go for it on fourth because the overtime rules. It was score, let them score. Yeah, and um, try and stop them. And so, so I I think things could have gone very differently. And I think anyone who's gonna Try and pile on Brock Purdy now after a Super Bowl loss is is dead wrong, and if they pile on him, my question to them is, why didn't you pile on Joe Burrow? <laughs> Joe Burrow's. I mean, the only difference is Joe Burrow was taking number one overall. He's been a very, you know, he put up very similar numbers. He's been a very game manager type quarterback. He's had bad stretches, the way that Purdy had a couple bad stretches, and and no one's piling on him for losing a Super Bowl. So. I and, and I know I'm sure in the comments I'll get absolutely dumped on for comparing those two, but I don't see a difference if they they both brought their teams to Super Bowls, you know. It's a likability factor at the end of the day, I guess. And it's gonna have to I think it will have to it will have to take Brock winning it all to finally get it. But <clears throat> you know, I think there's a good chance. Now Spank. I want you to be honest. I genuinely hold your football opinion higher than almost anyone. In fact, I think it's uh, I have a huge admiration for it. I really do. And I know a lot of people. So why don't we talk about the white elephant and the scapegoat right now? Kyle Shanahan has gotten a lot of criticism after this game due to his in-game decisions. And I'm going to ask the broad question, Kevin. Is Kyle Shanahan the person to blame for San Francisco losing? I don't think that you can any blame any one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think not running the ball in the second half, you know, not not having a couple days to go over the Super Bowl overtime rules. I think those are big misses on on his part. The defense in the second half did not play the same way. He's not the defensive guy. He calls the offense. So there's there's going to be some blame on the defensive players, the scheming, the you know the plays called by the defensive coordinator. Yeah, you Steve McManus. Yep, you, you lose Dre Greenlaw. Huge. I mean, he he's the reason. Part of the big part of the reason why Kelsey was had one catch for one yard in the first half. I mean, Dre Greenlaw is is a premier cover linebacker in the NFL. And to lose him is absolutely huge. So I don't think you can pin a loss on on any one person, coach, player, you know, whatever it is. I think he needs to sit down and reevaluate how he prepared for the game because you need to always have that every the 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 every possibility is a possibility. 
I mean, you have to go into the game thinking we could go into quadruple overtime. I need to prepare my team for if there's a specific rule for quadruple overtime. You and your team needs to be. It's the NFL. You're not. You're not playing high school ball anymore. Your team needs to be prepared for every possible situation because if you get into that situation, it, it, it changes careers, it changes lives, it changes everything. There you go. Couldn't say any better. And I think it's fair to say that. And Kyle Shanahan, just at this moment, is the co- is the coach that can get to the big game, but he won't win the big game. Similarly to the coach who just won, Andy Reid. With his third Super Bowl win as a head coach now, he's immortalized. He is in your Mount Rushmore of greatest head coaches of all time. And he had almost the exact same rap as Kyle Shanahan, getting to so many NFC championships, losing heartbreakers um, from Carolina to Tampa and all of that, then getting really close in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and then... Just getting so, just always winning the regular season. And then he was let go, goes to Kansas City, and we know what happens. Do you feel like Kyle Shanahan, that's almost his destiny? Because you can't say he's a bad coach. He's not. It's just all these factors that came in, and it really does, like, I think it shows in life. You have to be prepared for every little aspect in this results oriented world. I mean, I, I, when you have a dynasty that comes together, or you win a championship, it's not just because of the coach or the quarterback. In my mind, it's always going to be that duo. Mm -hmm. The right duo will always come together and be able to win a championship. I mean, Joe Flacco is not going to win a Super Bowl championship with any coach other than John Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brady and Belichick, you win six Super Bowls together, and then Brady gets another great coach in Arians, a guy who had been close a couple times but couldn't get there without the quarterback. Yeah. Now, I think I think I don't know if Purdy's going to be that guy, but I think if Shanahan gets the right competitor, that X factor quarterback with him, there's no reason he can't go off and win four or five. So I think it's it, it's the pairing of quarterback and and coach, and whether he's going to find that guy in San Francisco or he's going to let go and go somewhere else and find that guy. Right. I think Shanahan can do it with the right quarterback. And it shows, you know, Jimmy G and for fine, but he's not elite. And Purdy still has plenty more to prove. But as I mentioned in the preview show, usually the the Super Bowl winning team has the better quarterback and coach duo. And now you have that. Reed Mahomes, Brady Belichick, Walsh Montana, um, Nolan Bradshaw, the list goes on and on. And Johnson and Aikman. Yes, Johnson and Aikman. Um, Dubai's aside, uh, Manning and Coughlin in the sense of winning multiple Super Bowls. It, it is about that duo coach. And time will tell. It's interesting to see Shanahan. And let's say this is obviously not going to happen, but if he were to some, for some reason to get fired this week, teams would be Firing their head coaches for them. He's the hot oh, yeah, no, candidate right away. So it is. It might be a factor of finding that quarterback, and time will tell. But as we could say here, Andy Reid, he's the guy now. Like not well, only he is, as I said, he he's a god in yes. coaching. Well, I I think there's something to watch. I don't know. You know, again, this is just my own rumor mill working. Mm. Uh, when Kirk, when Kirk Cousins left Washington, the 49ers' plan was to, they knowing he was going to hit free agency, was to pair him up with, uh, to have Shanahan and, and Kirk Cousins paired up again mm. after Washington. And instead, uh, the GM traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then again, you know, you look at uh, uh, who was it? Shanahan wanted Mac Jones over Trey Lance. The GM took Trey Lance. Uh, and John, and I—that's something that I would watch out for. Would be Kirk to San Francisco this year. Um, I'm not sure how in love Shanahan is with Purdy. Again, I, I think Purdy can be a good quarterback in the NFL. But I'm not sure how in love Shanahan is with Purdy, and I think if Kirk hits the open market, 
that would be a, a, a dark horse, I think, for people to watch for Kirk. We're we'll definitely have it on the record, and I'm excited to explore the free agency with you in the next couple months. And let's ask the question everybody wants to discuss. After winning his third Super Bowl at the age of 28, already a three-time Super Bowl MVP, where do you personally put Patrick Mahomes in that GOAT status? Personally, for me, the short answer, I think he is no doubt an all-time great right now. And even in a short career, um, I think he's, uh, he has plenty more to go. But it's like a Sandy Koufax in baseball. Only played five seasons and won multiple rigs. It shows he was a dominant force. That if Mahomes wanted to retire today, he's an all-time great. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And um kind of glad for it. But personally, I'll always go with the argument that in his prime, Mahomes and Brady did go at it in a Super Bowl and AFC Championship. But Brady did defeat him. But... I think it will take Mahomes to get eight rings to officially get the title. But for now, he's in as best of a spot as anyone could possibly can. And I think saying you're an all-time great is as high an honor as you can get. I I put him in my top seven all-time. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure where, but I also have a very weird top five. So, yeah. So I, um, but I, I, I put him in my top, you know, five to seven in the like four to four to seven range. Right. In that area. I just, just because of the length of the career so far, I mean, yeah, you know, you have breeze and Manning who put up just insane numbers that Brady had to play 23 years to, to break. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if Pat goes out there and pays plays for 15, 16 years, he'll shatter all of them. Clearly. And and I think he'll get there. I just I, I think it's too early to put him above those guys in the you know the fifty thousand passing yards, five hundred touchdowns yeah. category, just because he's not there yet. So I don't think that's fair. I think I'm not sure it's fair to put him over a Montana or Elway kind of guy with with the the championships yet because they had championships and long careers. But yeah. again, I think, you know, another two, three years and he surpasses those guys and another five, six, and he's he's right behind Brady. And then obviously it's going to, between those two, it's going to come down to the Super Bowls. But like you said, there will always be that who beat who head on head in the Super Bowl. And it was Brady. So, yeah. And you don't get, you usually don't get that in sports. The two goats that play each other in the same time. Yeah. And, um, well, we know what happened, obviously. So, well, I mean, th- there was an, an insane stat, stat that I saw. I think it was, I don't know if it was last week or a couple of days ago, that Pat Mahomes has the third most playoff wins all time of any quarterback, which is, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> He's only been in the league since 2017. Right. But I, but I mean, third most with 14 playoff wins. Yeah, now, that's a whole season. He's almost hitting a whole extra season with that. So now that now it's uh, 15, still one behind Montana. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins, <laughs> career yeah. playoff. I mean, just, yeah, that's that's a long. That's going to take a long time if your if your max is four games. Yeah, yeah I mean that that time. number is. I mean that's that's five more Super Bowl championships, which again would give him the 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 eight to beat Brady, but he would need to win five more Super Bowls, or or you know, the equivalent of twenty playoff games, the rest of his career just to match Brady's thirty five playoff games, one playoff games one, which is I mean that's just a, such an untouchable number. Yeah. But we know he's definitely going to make a push for it. And Absolutely. My last question before we make our futures. What's interesting about this particular Super Bowl is people are already mentioning the possibility of a three-peat. Literally yes. talked about that during the trophy ceremony. Now that's some big confidence. Yeah. You have to win two to win three. So as soon yeah, as right? you win two, everyone's going to talk about it. So my question to you, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs can win next year's Super Bowl and be the first team in the Super Bowl era to ever win three straight Super Bowls in a row? At plus six fifty, I would I'd bet my mortgage on them. <laughs> I mean, 
at, at the at plus six fifty odds to go back and because I mean they're they're only going to get better. Yeah, I mean you look at their their number one priority in free agency is is a wide receiver, and you you look at the wide receiver class, it's going to be, I mean, assuming these guys hit free agency, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the list goes on. I Mike. mean, it's a stacked wide receiver draft. Yeah, that team's only going to get better, and that that team in in what everyone considered to be one of their worst years, worst Super Bowl runs of this dynasty, is only going to get better. For plus six fifty, give me give me Kansas City again. I mean, that's it, I, I can't see any. Now there is a team in the AFC East. That might have a shot next year, but uh, no, I. I mean, no one matches up with them. It does not matter if it doesn't matter what you do. Somehow, no one ever matches up with them when it comes to playoff time. Winners win. As simple yeah. as that. It's about the winning aspect, and you could argue the best team. There's the there's a difference between the best team and the team that wins. You could definitely say the San Francisco 49ers were the best team on paper, and we know what happened. So I mean, the, the, mo- the most ta- most talented roster, top to bottom, even with the injuries that they had with Greenlaw out and Telenovo Funga not playing, still, I mean, still one of the best rosters in the NFL, top to bottom. And they got dismantled by Mecole Hardman, Rasheed Rice, and Justin Watson. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what happens when you have the best player and the, the best quarterback in the league. Well, there you go. Andy Reid is going to scheme them open, and Mahomes isn't going to miss when he sees them. I mean, that's just – and, that again, that's a huge – you look at Brady and the offensive coordinators he had. I won't say Bill because Bill wasn't running the offense, but that was a huge thing. They found ways to get guys open or get guys in space – and Brady just did not miss. If a guy was open, he got the ball. If no one was open, the ball went into the stands. And Mahomes has has a different aspect than Brady where he can get out of the pocket and be mobile. But if you can scheme guys open for him, he he could hit plumbers in the chest at 60 yards if you can find a way to scheme him open for him. Yeah, I don't know if you happen to see – the Super Bowl commercial, the, the Duncan one, we have oh, Brady yeah. still in that in that suit at forty, I guess forty seven, and still perfectly hitting the tire. Yeah, That's how you know? That is how you know. So with that, I think we can uh, put a bow on the twenty twenty three NFL season. So with that, the road to Super Bowl fifty nine starts now. Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans. Pretty much let Kansas City celebrate this week, and then let's get ready for free agency. And we are going to cover it extensively in the NFL draft because football really is a year-round sport. And we're excited. we got some good draft content coming our way. Thanks to Kevin. So we're excited for that and all the good things happening to him there. So with that, on what's today, February 13th, 2024. Kevin, literally in a year from now, the Super Bowl, I believe Super Bowl 50, 59 is literally a year from now. Can I just check that really quick? Super Bowl 59 is... Da, 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 da. Okay, so it's actually February 9th, but pretty much a year from now, who do you think is in the Super Bowl and who wins it? I think... Detroit beats San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Okay. I think Kansas City beats my New York Jets to get to the Super Bowl. And I think Pat Mahomes gets the 3 P over Detroit. Now, that would be a no-doubt battle of good versus evil. And we'll see who actually pulls that off. But I like that. So we're going to go with Kansas City versus Detroit. For Super Bowl 59 with Kansas City completing the three-peat. All right, we'll get that. And for me, off the top of my head, I see Kansas City and Baltimore once again in the AFC Championship. Only this time, Kansas City gets the home field advantage, and they get the win. 
putting panic in Baltimore, that I I actually think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I would like to see Detroit versus. Um, I'm going. I really like what Detroit has coming, and you know I'll go with a Detroit Dallas NFC Championship where Dak has figured it out. Um, they upgrade. They upgrade. Um, they upgrade their weapons. It's not only CD Lamb. Maybe they get someone like Romeo from Washington or something. Yeah. They get back in the NFC Championship. Fall short. And then I, um, I don't know if you don't buy me stealing your Super Bowl right now too with uh, <laughs> Kansas City and um, Detroit with Kansas City also three peating. So let's see if we're ultimately right. Well, there there is one one dark horse that I want to throw out there. Show us the, the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. I think are a team that could absolutely be in the Super Bowl next year. And yeah. if you know if they say history repeats itself, it would be very similar to uh, how it worked when Aaron Rodgers took over, you know, a year getting acclimated to the NFL and then right up into the big game. So. Ooh, okay. Okay. That would be, that would be so poetic justice right there. Or if you had, you know, a rematch of Super Bowl one, maybe a Green Bay, a Kansas City game, that'd be fun. Um, But ultimately we will see where this all lies. Off season starts now. It's 204 days until the Thursday before Labor Day, which means 204 days until week one of the 2024 season. And I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about then. And we are about to begin our off-season coverage. So, Kevin Schaefer, great job as always. Thank you. Great um, to be here. And man, great to have you as always. And that's it, everybody. That's all, folks. The 2023 NFL season and productive conversations covering it has come to an end. And now we start our third season covering the NFL 2024 season. That coverage starts now on Productive Conversations. So we'll see you then. This is a very productive conversation. Man, I love you, Kevin. Great work as always. I will miss talking football with you for a few weeks. But April's around the corner. We got about, what, two months until the NFL draft. And then we'll start another NFL season. The 2024 season will officially kick off at the NFL draft. And we will recap all that action at the end of February. So we will be looking forward to that. I have some final words on the NFL season. But let me just remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. Exit Twitter at ProdCovalPod. Want TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So let's say goodbye to the 2023 NFL season. The second NFL season we covered from start to finish. We had a lot of obstacles along the way, but ultimately we were here every single week and we put a spin and gave our takes on the NFL season. We added the college football season, which we will definitely return to next year. We will definitely cover college football next year from top to bottom, which includes a 12-team playoff. And then we looked forward to talking every Tuesday regarding the NFL season. And we've had plenty of people come and go. And I just want to thank those people who talked NFL this year, which includes Hayden Nadler, Nico Nocera, Alex Ranelio, Alex Young, Kevin Schaefer, Anthony Amari, and myself. To all those guys who took the time to talk NFL with me, thank you very much. For those that we don't, we completed our collaboration, thank you and good luck to you. And for those who are still with us, including the great Kevin Schaefer, let us look forward to another great season next year. But yeah, my New York Giants, you had so much potential and so much momentum, and I guess reality sunk in that that team wasn't as good as we hoped for. 
And we hope that Joe Shane will do his best in improving the roster. We need to get Daniel Jones protected. So we need to make it a priority to get him that protection and improving the offensive line. Daniel Jones is in a contract year this year, technically. The Giants can opt out on his contract. So he has a lot playing for him this year. Saquon Barkley, figuring out what we're going to do with him. Gave him the franchise tag last year. And I hope that he tells the truth when he says he wants to be a Giant for life. And amongst figuring out how to properly pay running backs, I hope he gets the contract he deserves. Because we've seen how important it is when you have a true number one running back rather than a running back by committee. And sure, sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. But at least with the final two teams in the Super Bowl this year, they didn't have a running back by committee. They had a clear number one. And I think that should be held in account for this. So... I hope Saquon Barkley returns, and you know, that will make me and a lot of Giants fans very happy. For the New York Jets, no team had more attention on them in the training camp season, in the offseason, than the Jets. Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays in on 9-11, 20th anniversary. The Jets do get a historic win and a game that they'll never forget. But then reality sunk in there. Zach Wilson was the backup quarterback. And any high momentum they had was crushed by not getting a proper backup quarterback. And they had more of a disastrous season, if you ask me. And we can only hope in this season where Aaron Rodgers comes back, can he truly get the Jets relevant next fall? Part of me thinks... Yes, part of me thinks no. From the dysfunction in that organization that was reported in The Athletic, but also to a determined and by-the-numbers quarterback who, when he's on his A game despite his age, he's one of the best and most talented quarterbacks to ever do it. And you do have an incredible wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. You have one of the best defenses on paper, it's going to be very interesting what the Jets do and their priorities is getting help on the offensive line as well. And I'm sure they will make sure that they don't do it because if that's the case, then somebody's going to get fired. What will be looming all fall next year is the fact that there are some big deal free agent head coaches that are available. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, for instance. And both the Giants and Jets coaching staffs may be in jeopardy if they don't exceed expectations and at least get to the postseason. So it'll be interesting to see there and how that affects the season moving forward because there are some big deal prospects that will take over those franchises if given the opportunity. So that will be interesting to see. Another good story from the NFL season to C.J. Stroud and his emergence to the Cowboys falling short after being so dominant this season to Jordan Love showing that he is the real deal in Green Bay to the Bills playing so well and then falling again and we wonder what is Josh Allen Lamar Jackson winning an MVP but falling short in the AFC Championship and what does this really mean are you too is Lamar another great quarterback collecting MVP trophies and winning all these accolades as your as one of the best quarterbacks in the league but can he actually win the big game and you know that's the one thing in the Mahomes era that people really want to compare Michael Jordan right now that the 90s NBA had so many legendary players in it Charles Barkley Patrick Ewing Gary Payton to name a few but yet they were nowhere close because the Bulls were always winning championships maybe that's the case for the Patrick Mahomes him preventing all these generational players from winning their championships. Time will tell, and we'll see how history looks at those players. But it's something definitely um, worth thinking about. And also the rise of the Detroit Lions. What a great future they should have with Dan Campbell, assuming they won't make any more boneheaded coaching decisions. But the Lions will be cooking something up. The 49ers... 
so dominant in the regular season, falling again in the Super Bowl. This is the third Super Bowl since 2012, and they fell short again. Uh, a lot to really look back and review for the 49ers moving forward. So much and more happened in this NFL season, and it was a wacky year. But ultimately, there was something to get out of it. We definitely had a lot of productive conversations amongst it. And yeah, we're just really looking forward to next year. We have a very interesting draft coming up with some huge quarterback prospects and also a lot of big weapons that are on the table so somebody can really improve their offense with this NFL draft coming up. And you know they'll draft some people that we didn't expect to be a big deal. That's why this is all so very exciting. And I'm ready to move on. I think the show's ready to close this chapter. And I'm going to miss football and miss it a lot. And I'll be watching a lot of classic stuff until the NFL draft. I'll watch film and get ready for that. And April can't come soon enough as we begin another NFL season. So moving forward regarding the sports aspect of the show, next week we're back to it. We're going to do NBA. The NBA All-Star Game is this weekend. It is time to amp up our coverage of the NBA season. Of course, we're bringing back the great fresh faces, new ideas to help discuss that and hopefully find some more collaborators along the way. So we will talk a lot of NBA moving forward throughout the rest of the month of February and March. And then once April hits there, we'll be getting ready to extensively cover the NBA postseason. We got March Madness coming up next year, so we're going to get ready for that. And we're going to cover the tournament once again. We have baseball, pitchers and catchers right around the corner. And it snowed where I'm at. It looks like a solid 12 inches. I guess it's nice to see the winter being wintry because this weekend I was out in the city and I didn't even need a jacket. All I needed was a small sweater in mid-February. I mean, of course it's fun. um, I'm in the city all the time. That's my place. And walking around the village with my guy Sam and my friends there, it was fun to enjoy what felt like a summer night or spring night, but we need the winter to be winter and fine. The 12 inches of snow, there it is, and we're going to start shoveling after we record here. But hearing pictures and catches reminds us that spring is around the corner, and we'll get ready to cover baseball as well. And with the Yankees having high expectations with the addition of Juan Soto, that's going to be fun to talk about. The Mets being silly, you know we'll make fun of them, but also talk about what they have going for them after a disastrous season last year and a new manager coming in and a new GM. So that should be interesting. And yeah, our sports is just heating up and we're going to get all into it starting next week with the NBA. Then we have college basketball. Then we have baseball to all discuss. And then we'll get ready for the draft in about two months. Then we have UFC coverage coming up, WWE for other sports and sports entertainment. And we will enjoy the ride there. Also, we have this next month, we have the Oscars to get to look forward to on the pop culture side. Some more tweet caps. We have some room to bring in some new guests as well. We have a lot of good stuff cooking on the Productive Conversations podcast. And the NFL season is a very big part of the show. And it's time to say goodbye. I enjoyed every single second of it. And I hope you did too. Thank you to Kevin Schaefer for coming on the show today to recap the Super Bowl with me. Thank you to Doloren for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what and being the very best fan base a podcast can ask for. My name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Thank you for experiencing the NFL season with us. And we'll see you on Friday with a brand new tweet cap. And then we'll see you in April to begin a brand new NFL season. All right. Much love, everybody. Continue to have a good week. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. We'll see you on Friday. Peace. All she needed was some.